Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! To the Crypto Bowl and Chaos Podcast, Episode 2 with professional bull rider, Micah Morales. All right, Micah. We're still here. We took a little break, and uh, we're ready to pass on some more wisdom. So, I would think to rise up to your level, I mean... Honestly, you're always doing some introspection. You're trying to learn about yourself, but you're also trying to learn about these bulls. And really, that's your opposition when you're uh, you're getting into the ring. Do you think these bulls have a way of learning about you guys or studying you? Of course, of course, man. Really? You'll have you'll be riding bulls, and you'll see a bull make a pattern out there, turn him back to the left, start spinning. You thought, oh man, I can't wait to draw him. When you draw him, he does something totally different. (laughs) <laughs> them bulls will feel you. Them bulls are smart. They don't go down the road just because they're some big dummies. They go down the road because they're smart. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to tell you, and what gets me is these animals, they're athletes, just like we are. Okay. These animals are taken care, taken care of way better, I think, than we are, and that's fine. And people, you know, they, they misunderstand what's really going on with these animals. Um, people say, oh, you got that rope around his testicles. No, what? <laughs> Test. If I'm telling you what, if I was have somebody have a rope around my testicles, I'm not going to jump. I'm going to squat down and ball up. I mean, it's in the front flank, just like it is on, on you know your bull ropes are in the front flank, just like bull ropes. I mean, the flank ropes in the back flank, and all they're trying to do is just kick it off there. Yeah. And then eventually they learn from being a calf. Hey, this is what I this is what I do. They go out there, they do the thing. Hey, it's just another job to them, but they're very athletic. And you think you're just going to sit on the couch and eat tater chips and watch movies? I'm going to be a bull rider too. Well, there's a lot of couch sportsmen out there that's a bad guy. You know, I love watching a boxing match or some of that UFC and these guys, man, I'd get up there, if I was up there, I'd do this, I'd do oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I tell you what, they're on what? Uh, round five? How about you get I tell you what you do? We're going to take that same amount of time. You get on that punch bag. Don't stop now. I don't want you to give up for that same amount of time. What happened? You ain't even make it round one. <laughs> you know, these guys. Yeah, in your head you want to, but you physically can you. Exactly. And um, it's just, <laughs> these bulls go up and down the road just like we do. Yeah. These bulls are t- so well taken care of. They they have insurance on these bulls just like we have insurance on us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're very, very smart animals. They, uh, they feel you one way, they'll go another they rock and they'll roll, you know, and you just, are you out smarter than them? Can you, is is your talent better than their talent? You know, yeah, you're going to get, every bull can be rode and every cowboy can be thrown. But I will say this, not every, not every bull or every cowboy that's been in that arena thought, okay, what am I going to do here? Okay. <laughs> okay. Does something. <clears throat> if he gives it, if that bull gives up, he ain't no athlete to me. If mm-hmm. that cowboy gives up, he ain't no athlete. 
You know, when you train training bulls, bull get out there and start bucking. Turns back, cowboy starts spurring on him. Don't spur him, don't spur him. Don't spur him. Look here, I'm going to tell you something. Do everything you can. Right for 10 seconds. Heck with eight. Right for 10. I want to know if that bull's got a heart. That's what I want to know. And nowadays, these bulls are so bred to buck. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we need some cowboys. So I like to say, we need to start breeding cowboys. Stop breeding bucking bulls because there's plenty of them ranked bulls out there. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome, man. Okay. I like it. You just called everyone out. Okay. Um, All right. Tell me about what was your favorite arena to ride in or which rodeo. And then tell me about the uh, what you conceived to be your best ride or the ride you were most proud of. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> the best, the, my favorite arena is crazy. Um, I would have to say, <laughs> I would have to say it was the backyard bull riding. There at my grandpa's, well, it wasn't a bull riding, it was just a, a catch pen, cattle pen, you know, and we ended up taking a squeeze shoot, making a bucket shoot out of it because I learned so much there in that one arena that helped me in so many others, you know. Um, so you would have rathered that instead of yeah. all these big stadiums. Yeah. That's your favorite. That's my favorite. Uh, my best ride, my favorite ride is... My mama was there, you know. She uh, she didn't go to very many. She's probably she'd go to probably four or five out of the, all the years I rode. But other than four or five, I placed them every time she rode. And I didn't even think about it. Mama, you wanna go tonight? Where you going, baby? I'm gonna go with such as bull riding. Oh no, baby, you go ahead. I got something I gotta do. She's come up with some excuses and you know, I never thought about it. And I asked her one day, we were sitting on the couch on in the living room. I said, Mama, why don't you go to a lot of my bull runs? Well, I hopefully one day you'll 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 know what I'm going through whenever you go to get on. Mm-hmm. And I do. I, I've got a son and daughter, and <laughs> they my that boy of mine he wanted to ride bulls so bad he wanted to ride bronc horses. What it was. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he finally he got him when I went and picked him up in Washington State. He come back down here and he he never told me. He was just surprised. I get this phone call. Hey, Micah, you'll never guess who's over here in Jasper at Bo- uh, Bowles and Bulls getting on a bull. I said, who? Your son. I said, what? No, he ain't. I said, yeah, he is too. Uh, you know what? He didn't tell me, so I'm just going to let him do his thing. Um, y'all let me know how he does. Okay. I said, who's fighting bulls? They said, well, they got a couple people out there, so I called Cody Sterling. I said, hey, Cody, that boy might ride. Uh, it gets in a bind. Get him out of there. He said, I got him. I said, okay. Well, <laughs> he come by and he said, Dad, I got something to tell you. I said, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I got on the bull tonight, last night. I said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, well, did you like it? No, I loved it. I said, oh, dear. <laughs> this is supposed to be good or this is supposed to be bad? Well, remember me telling you about the whole heart thing? Yep. Well, about, I don't know, five or six bull rides later. He got stepped on right in his, right in his, where his softness is, right in the middle of his throat. Uh, the dew claw cut him pretty good. Mm. It scared him so bad. You know what? I don't think I'm going to rub no more. <laughs> well, hey, I wasn't mad at him. That's his own choice, his own life, you know. Uh, his heart ain't in it. 
that's fine. What is his heart in? Well, duck hunting. <laughs> yeah. He loves him some duck hunting. He loves hunting, period. Loves fishing. He is a very outdoors person. And so, you you think after that close call that he had, and I can't imagine yeah, any call any closer. It scared him enough. And then, if he's going to keep going, and that's in the back of his mind, that's a recipe for getting hurt. And It is. You know, you get down on that bull, and you, it, you know, after you go riding bulls for a while, it's a men- mentality game. You got to have that mental game when you get in there. Hey, you get down in that bucket, you put your knees in there, and this bull starts kicking. Let him kick. Just let him know you're there. Do things respectfully. Hey. As soon as you get up to that bullet, go ahead and start. All right, Micah. Now, you've told me about that awesome ride you had at the Calgary Stampede. And I think that was 87 points. Do you remember that bull you were on then? I do. I remember seeing him a couple times. Uh, Doug Bold had him. He owned the bull. Uh, What was the bull's name? uh, Oh, Dark Vader. Darth Vader, something like that. I I know he's a V twenty one was his fire brand, but you know them bulls they, they'll go by different names at certain pro rodeos, so different associations, you know. Yeah. Whoever's representing the bull, um, I really didn't know much about the bull. I just I had seen him one one or two times, you know, just kind of vaguely remembered him. But I can tell you this much: when I got on him, <laughs> I uh, I don't remember much of that ride, but except when I did come off. I got to land on my knees and hands, and when I looked up, I knew something was fixing to happen. I was running, getting away from him, and uh, I got to look behind me. Oh, my goodness. I, I have got this thing in low granny. I got to get up an overdrive real fast, quick, and hurry. And I had a rooster tail hit behind me, and I got on up on that fence. Old boy's like, man, you sure can run. I said, you could too, something that big was behind you. <laughs> well, hey, on that note, tell me about these bullfighters, these rodeo clowns. Man, well, you got your bullfighters. We call bullfighter, which is a, it's basically um, cowboy lifesaver. I mean, that's what they are. They get out there when you when you fall off, you throw, you jump off. When you dismount that bull and you're coming off, their their part of the game is to get that bull's attention. Who's ever first at his head starts getting getting get your attention. When that bull gets his attention is to you. Now, it's that other bullfighter's job to come in there. And stay right there, pretty close to where, in case he loses attention to you, that other bullfighter's gonna pick him, get that bull rider to get time to get out of there. Yeah. Um, they're a cowboy lifesaver. Then you got your rodeo clown. Well, everybody thinks these rodeo clowns, you know, you know they're funny man. That's funny man. No, let me tell you something about these barrel man and funny man. They can fight bulls too. They've been there, they've been there, they know what to do. If he gets down bad enough, two bullfighters with all we got, they get down where they can't help this cowboy, I promise you. Them, them barrel men, they ain't just funny. They know what they're doing, too. So, yeah, it's it's all about rodeo. It's, it's part of rodeoing, you know. Um, these bulls, yeah, they got so much t- testosterone. You know, it's just a freak of nature. The beast, I mean, they throw you. Some of them don't even care about going to you. Some of them throw you, and he, he's still hot. He's really, he wanting to get you now. And uh, some, some, some things I used to think of was this. I get thrown, yeah, I deserve hooking. I don't, <coughs> I hope it don't hook me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Man, okay. All right, well, I'm going to actually hand you the, <coughs> the microphone right now, Micah, and I want you to tell me maybe what was the biggest thing 
you learned about yourself while you were a professional bull rider? How did it shape you as a man? I don't know if you had a family at that time or how did it affect your family life? And here it is. All right. Well, from the time I was going to these amateur rodeos, I always remember two people uh, that really really got me interested in rodeoing. It was my grandpa, which is my mama's daddy, and my dad. Um, They got to be tough, you know, in order to get on stuff like that. Well, as I got older and was doing what I loved to do, well, (laughs) it's like all your buddies, they did the same thing, but yet they started quitting on, you know, they getting time they they had to give it up and start living life making a living for themselves well that's what i wanted to do to make a living was ride bulls and i didn't get to for a while i had you know still work keep a job this and that i wouldn't have, i didn't have a family at the time um and then all of a sudden when i did start making money is when i was up in colorado nobody knew who i was um it's like a you get a whole new chance you know and everybody's like, well, who is this little short son of a Short? I wouldn't short. They want to know, who's this guy here? He, he's new here? Man, he's a bull-riding little dude. Well, I wouldn't listen to all them negatives, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, next thing you know, I found myself one day in a pinch to where I couldn't ride a stick horse. You know, I couldn't even ride a fence gate. I couldn't even ride a car seat. I mean, <coughs> it, it was bad. And uh, my grandpa and my mom had told me, she said, uh, you're doing things things wrong. I said, I am. <coughs> I said, well, what am I doing wrong? Oh, for one, you're not putting the Lord first before you do anything. So I gave my life to Christ and started going to a bunch of cowboy churches and Christian baradins and stuff like that. Hey, I was living life right. Next thing you know, I'm I'm riding right. But I always fi- figured, you know, if I got myself in a pinch and I got myself in a slump riding, and, that, and these guys want to give up, they want to take a break, why? You know, you get in a slump. You know how you get out of that slump? You ride out of that slump. Change things up. That ain't working for you. Change you wearing, wearing, I don't know, two different, a different pair of boots or something. <coughs> Whatever it is that changes things, do it. Whatever makes you feel good. Because you're the one, when it all is over with, no more run bulls, you're at that age, and you want to look back, you're going to wish. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I wish I'd have known this. I wish I'd have done that. Do it. Just do it. If that's what you want to do, do it. Do not be scared to do it. Go for it. Go for the gusto. That way, when you do sit back and you want to look back and you say, I wish I'd done that. No, you did that. You don't ever want to have no regrets. And another thing, never. Man, somebody say, you know what? I don't think you need to ride bulls no more. Okay. You won't give it up? You give up. But I'll tell you something. One day you'll be going down the road by yourself. You'll be doing somewhere by yourself, and you'll be like, hey, why did I even give it up, man? Now I'm too old. I, I think I could have done something. You'll always question yourself. So it's always easier to live on your own, your own decisions than somebody else's. Because they don't feel what you feel. They don't know what you know inside. They only know what you show them. If you feel like you could be a professional, go for it. If you feel like you can win the world, go for it. 
But don't ever let the world stop you. Don't let anybody stop you doing what you love to do. Just go for it. I mean, really. I mean, yeah, you got to sacrifice a little bit to get what you want. But if that's what you want, go for it, man. Because when it comes time and you're at that age, you look back, what did I do with my life? <laughs> I ain't do nothing. All my buddies, they did this. Why didn't I do nothing? Well, there's leaders, there's followers, you know, and hey, that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I will say this. When I turned my life over to Christ and started living life right, I got a, I can, everybody's going to say, oh, listen to him. No, I've got a good woman, a really good woman, my backbone. And I didn't think there was one out there like this. I really didn't. I thought, you know, well, there's always one person out there for everybody. You just have to come across that person. Don't look for them. They will come to you. You'll cross paths when it's, if it's supposed to happen. And I'll tell you something. When it does, hey, if you're still riding, if you're still doing whatever you're doing, and they support you 100%, hey, that could be the one. But just remember who that person is and don't leave them behind. You know, as much as they give you, give back. Anybody, kids, if they if they if they want to ride, they don't want to do this, and you can help them help them out. That's what's what's wrong with the world today. Everybody wants to be better than everybody else, and it ain't right. I mean, there's a point in time in your life you wasn't no good at whatever it is you want to do. Why did you keep doing it? Who? How did you? Keep, how did you get as good as you did? You know. But I don't know. It's just give respect on everything you do. If you want to ride bulls, respect it. If you want to. Play baseball, respect it. Because the first time you disrespect it, it's going to come around and bite you in the butt, man. It really is. It really is. All right. Micah, all I can say is, is here we were talking about bull riding. And I think you gave all the men listening, really, a lesson in life. Everything you just talked about is no matter what you're pursuing, no matter what your life is about, these are all these intangibles that are the same. And um, all we can say is, is thank you for the lesson. And uh, so we were really grateful that you came in here today, Micah. Thank you for having me. And um, I think it's going to be two hellified episodes and guys are really going to enjoy it. So thank you again and Until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time.